0: Freaking auto.
1: This this is Brock and Saul. I don't read the internet, guys.
0: Presented by Carter Volkswagen and Ballard. Take the bull by the hands
1: on Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines studio. And Brook, you are. And Brooke you are. Now here are your hosts, Brock Eward and Mike Saul. If I don't talk, will this hour not come an end? If I just sit here and listen to the Airborne playing in the background...
0: Can we just stay here forever? The medicine ball's pounding against the concrete wall. We
2: actually had a texter text in that said, if Salk wants to stay there so bad, you guys should just leave him.
1: <laughs> Thank you. That's very nice. Appreciate that. You could get somebody Laura, to stop help. stop <laughs> writing into our own text machine. That's not very nice. You, please please don't write into our text I machine. I think okay. Shanna would help That's you carry nice. the table out
0: each day yeah. and plug in.
1: I would do that. You could do it. I would happily sit there. All right. Uh, this is our final hour. As I said, I will give you everything you need to know in 15 minutes. We do have uh, Logan Gilbert, who will be our final uh, Mariners guest over the course of this week. That's coming up in a half hour. And then my dad's excited to come in and do a little guest ranking at uh, at, 10, at 945. So that's what's ahead. Before we do it, though, uh, Maura, Justin, I was hoping to go to you guys and just get some final thoughts, final things that you guys have noticed, felt, surprised by, um, just interested in over the course of your week here.
0: We do this around the dinner table. We just kind of call it, you know, family talk time, and we kind of go around the table at times and and share something from the day a challenge uh, an observation anything anything you got Maura your first time down here Justin you'll go second because you've been here before Peoria your first time down here in your years what'd you say
2: I think because I've been to a lot of uh, Seahawks practices and training camp just the the difference to me is uh, it's it just seems a lot more relaxed. like I think everybody has to get certain things in throughout the day, but it seems like they can kind of pick their own schedule, like I want to bat first or I want to eat first or I want and um, yeah, it's just kind of cool to see that you can tell a little bit about their personality kind of by the way they come in and what they
1: mm-hmm. how
2: intense they are to start or if they maybe want to socialize a little first. and yeah, and then I've just I think you guys have done some amazing interviews and we've gotten to know a lot about these guys. like Brock said, just like a little tidbit. That you didn't know from every person.
0: And you'll never get, as good as it may be, you'll never get on a phone. Yep. You'll you'll never beat face-to-face human interaction. Well, and you'll never get a baseball player better than here.
1: As, it's just more relaxed. I mean, right. you know, they don't have the pressure. Safe they don't, place. They're not mm-hmm. looking up every day and seeing that they're hitting 212. They are happy. They are relaxed. The manager doesn't have people calling for his job. It's just, you know, it's a good place for them. And so being able to come down here and talk to them and get that stuff and learn about them, they have more time, they're yep. a lot more willing, and yep. they're in a better headspace. So yep. I, I agree with all that, Maura. And certainly I think baseball players get treated a little bit more like adults and mm-hmm. in, in just sort of ha- they don't need to have the same level of structure that seems to exist. In a, in a football training camp.
0: Well, and a lot of them have guaranteed contracts. That's true.
1: Uh, certainly, many of the
0: ones that we've talked to. And I'll it's, be there when i be there. Yeah, you don't get cut, right? Like, yeah, I, I, I'm, sure. I'm an independent contractor. I work for you. I, I, I love this company, but I'm an independent contractor in here to do my job.
3: Uh, there's a different growth, there's a different confidence, there's a bigger
1: belief. You're not the, the joke of you haven't made the playoffs in 20 years anymore. There's a we belong, there's a more serious tone. The difference especially from guys like Cal, Brash, who didn't know what their roster or their role was going to be like if they're going to be on the roster last year. Compared to this year, they look more comfortable. They're more friendly with each other in the halls. There's a more lived-in feeling. And I know last year was different being my first year. I don't have a lot of context for it, but they're they're more comfortable. They've I like the idea of lived-in. Yeah. Right? It's not the new home that where you kind of have to break it in a little bit. Right. It's got to have some scratches on the wall. You see the picture hanging out in front of Scott's office? Yeah. Brand new picture of them celebrating on the field last year. That's different. It's pretty cool.
0: That is, you know, that's really good. And, you know, I think, I too, COVID. That's <laughs> good. COVID screwed things up in the development stage for a lot of this and the shutdown and all that and the shortened season. A lockout was different. You know, I think hearing Jared and Cal and those guys, we do got to remember, like, oh, yeah. We heard that from John Forslund when it came to the hockey team in town, right? And, yeah, it was it was a struggle. It was a little bit of struggle bus because you couldn't live in. You couldn't partner, right? I mean, the lockout and, and the COVID disruption yeah. uh, affected some of that development, but they're on the other side of it in a big way. Uh, two things. Um, And I have not mentioned his name, I don't believe, this entire week. But I'm going to now because you've certainly seen it bantered about a little bit, especially last week when he reported to camp uh, for the Angels and and said what he said and basically put on notice that he's not going to be an Angel. Shohei Otani. And when I watch Ichiro, and I don't think Ichiro is doing any of this for Shohei Otani. Ichiro is doing this for Ichiro because this is Ichiro and the way he is wired. But there is no way that that doesn't help to have him not just be a part of this program but ingrained in it and if there's going to be anybody that will sell and i know he tried to do the first time around and it ultimately didn't work but they were right there they were in the race they were on the middle stand the first time around but to have him around omnipresent star power i just don't think that hurts Um, putting a ton of money into the ballpark They are making it state-of-the-art, world-class. They've always dumped money back into that building. The ownership group will be in here today. Mr. Stanton and crew come in, and and people can haggle about how much they spend and why are they mid-market and all of this. They invest back in their building, and they're doing more of that. And I'm sorry, I can't help but think that, A, that's built on proceeds that came in in a playoff push, but, B, that doesn't hurt if you're trying to woo the top free agent maybe in the history of baseball to your place who has said he wants to be on the west coast now is that new york is that uh you know or excuse me is that uh, san francisco is that the la dodgers probably got to get on the metal stand with those two because they're going to come a-bidden. but those two things just kind of this week i don't know why i have just thought about him a few different times and can only imagine You think
1: he'd look good on this uh, uh on this pitching staff and in this uh lineup uh, he'd look
0: just yeah Real good. Okay. What's your so. other one? Uh, The other one is how much work these guys do. You know, uh, these pitchers. You know, I think 14 years ago there was a baby, and it's like, oh, we're going to do a bullpen, then we're going to ice. I mean, these guys get after it. Marco Gonzalez, Chris Flexen in their off days, throwing the medicine balls, doing all of the work. Are you and, sure it was Marco Gonzalez? I'm, a, I'm 100% positive. Sure it was Chris Flexin? 100% positive. Talk, <laughs> talk to both of them. But this sense that, you know, this arm is like, oh, there are only so many throws in this arm. You watch these pitchers work, Logan Gilbert, and all the stuff that he does. That to me has changed. And whether that was driveline or whatever, and it's not what they do in Japan from a throwing standpoint, um, you know, correct. But it's not babying and babying and babying. These guys are on bands. These guys are throwing med balls. These guys are throwing weighted balls. These guys are throwing long toss. And this is in between their bullpens and in between their starts and everything else. Like, that's a reminder to me that, you know, with the son that aspires to, to do this one day, it's different in puberty. It's different growing up. i got to do some of that. But once they get to this stage fully developed, man, these guys get after it. And don't baby that arm as much as I remember them doing That's 10, good. 12, 14 years ago. I,
1: I, great observations from all you guys. I will uh, give mine here just to finish it up. This is Jerry's team and Scott's team. Yes. I said it a little bit to Jerry yesterday. The more I think about it and the more I'm around here and the more I look at the clubhouse and watch the guys walk around, there isn't a soul here that they don't want. Right. No one. It's our identity. There is nobody here. They that They inherited. Nobody here that's been here too long. Nobody here that thinks of what the Mariners were. They have an entire group. That have grown up now in this Mariner culture, yep. with the stuff that's on the walls here, and the group of people who have made it from being drafted and gone all the way through the system to the big leagues, and you know the 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 stuff that's on the walls inside, the stuff that's on the wall outside, what it means to be a Mariner. Brock, how many times did we come down here and ask Scott Service how are you how are you figuring out and, and teaching a a culture that is changing on this team without winning? Yep. and they did it. They accomplished it. I don't know if they're going to win the World Series this year. I don't know if they're going to win the World Series next year. Nobody does. But I do know that it will it, it is now their team. a hundred percent of the way. This is who Jerry wanted, this is who Justin Hollander wanted. this is who Scott wanted. And there is nobody that is standing in the way. There is nobody that has the wrong personality. Nobody who doesn't understand what it now means to be a Mariner, which
0: is very different from what it used to be. I think about my parents' live-in house down there on Ninth Street in Piala that still has all the pencil marks on the wall. <laughs> of us as kids and then the grandkids and you're measuring and grandma peg never erased those you know that's like lived yep and for eight years here man there's a lot of pencil marks on the wall for some of these cats that are here some of them came on the scene at six foot three like julio right i mean a pencil mark is up there pretty high expectations pretty high but yeah there's a bunch of live-in now and uh and the fiber of that and now playoff winning fiber with it, and that's super beneficial.
1: Well, one of the tallest guys on this team, Logan Gilbert, is going to join us coming up in 20 minutes. This really has just been Just unbelievably fun down here. I hope you guys get a sense of how much we're enjoying it. I hope you, especially me, I'm not going to lie. I'm just in my absolute happy place down here. I love it. I love being sitting in the sun. I love watching baseball. And even more than that, I love talking about it all day, both on the show and then afterwards and in the clubhouse and in the press box and with Divish and with Shannon and with Larry Stone, who's down here, and with Scott and with Jerry and with the players and Perry Hill and the coaching staff. We know. Dude, I could do this all day. This is so awesome. All right, coming up next. We'll give you everything else you need to know. We're two hours away from, I hope, or uh, something happening, right? Trade we deadline. We're going to get something going on. I'm sorry. Two or uh, three hours away from the from the hockey trade deadline and still crickets. So we'll give you everything you need to know. Logan Gilbert and then a special guest to finish things off. Brock and Salt, Seattle Sports on 710. To know.
0: 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk.
1: Here's what you need to know. Up first. A for the Mariners yesterday, they get a win late with a walk off, which was cool. But the highlight was probably Eugenio a- Suarez taking one deep to right center field, just seeing that raw power and the ability to go the other way, pretty cool. And then we had a chance to sit down with him and chat a little bit this morning before his big performance, which apparently he knocked out of the park doing Celine Dion. He seemed to like your advice,
0: a little honey and hot water. Yeah, it goes a long it kind way. of fixes a lot of it was things a
1: little. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this morning, but he uh, apparently. Uh, when the, when the bright lights are on, that's when Eugenio really brings it. Cal Raleigh just missed a home run himself by about two feet, went for double off the wall. Why is it significant? Because he did it right-handed. And if you are like me, who came in with just at least, not a lot, just a little bit of, hey, let's see what's going on with that thumb before I commit. To see him do that right-handed, which yep. is where it was really bothering him last year, I thought that was pretty darn important.
0: Well, and as he told us, you know, these guys don't talk about their injuries. Ty France not going to talk about their injuries during the season. Cal is not going to talk... For Fully about his injuries during the season, but I don't know if you caught in listening back to that interview, him saying, "Oh well, yeah, I mean we numbed it," like, like what? <laughs> yeah, just made it numb. Like what? No what, what, what what'd you say? Yeah. I just yeah, and then you got to go catch Luis Castillo and all the rest of the guys and Munoz and everything else that he did with a numbed up thumb, and then go try to go hit. Made no excuses, no explanations about it. Went out there and played, and yeah, you've got to you've got to believe that he too is looking forward to beginning this season so much healthier than the way he finished it.
1: Here's the second thing you need to know. Well, combine now very much underway. John Schneider uh, on yesterday with Wyman and Bob as he is every Thursday at 4 o'clock leading up to the first round of the NFL draft in late April. And it's a valuable time, right? Obviously, he's scouting all the guys that are there. But I'll tell you what, it sounds like he's doing a whole lot more than that.
3: Definitely all of it. It's meeting with uh, other general managers or other, uh, you know, other cap guys, personnel, uh, directors, uh, you know, trying to figure out what the free the, agency the, uh, market landscape is going to look like, uh, setting up, um, trying to set up possible trades, uh, trade scenarios, uh, you know, whether that be, you know, uh, in the, you know, on, you know, setting up for draft day or just in the off season in general, uh, trying to figure out, you know, what people's caps are like, cap casualties, um, yeah, just really trying to get a lay of the land From a percentage standpoint. I mean, it's really, I mean, it's 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 definitely like a uh, you know seven o'clock till you know call it three o'clock type of uh, process.
0: Last night I was scouring social media after we got done with Top Golf and kind of looking at a few things uh, to get ready for the show today. Did you see? <laughs> did you see what was going around the Seinfeld bit comparing uh, John Lynch? Who was talking about Trey Lance and he was scratching the top of his head. I guess Seinfeld did a bit like when you're struggling in a relationship, you start touching your face, and the higher on your face, the bigger the the issue in the relate. Oh no, I really, I really care about him. Yeah, no, I, I really think the nice. world of him. Uh, when Schneider, that's the third time now we played that cut, and when he kind of uh, uh, yeah, trying to search for words there when it came to trades. I may be reading into that a little bit, but a guy that loves to trade, a guy that fosters relationship and enough connection in this league to make those trades happen, when he was making sure there's he's kind of fumbling and fighting for the, how much do I want to say here? What do I want to say? It's not just trades on draft day. It's the trades leading up to it. And if we remember what Philly did and Howie Roseman, Executive of the Year, the biggest trade in the offseason for A.J. Brown, their 20th pick in the draft, or right around their 19th pick in the draft. It's, uh, 18. Keep an eye. You wrote about that. Keep an eye on that over the next couple weeks, the next six weeks leading up to the draft. Trader John, like Trader Jerry, knows how to build his team that way. Yeah, it was good to, uh,
1: kind of interesting to see for those who have heard the names, Will Anderson and Tyree Wilson kind of associated with them with each other as two guys who were both edge players. Interesting to see the body differences when they get to the combine. Right? Like
0: Shannon Amora hitting the golf ball Very,
1: Yeah, well, I don't <laughs> know if it's quite as extreme, but uh, Will Anderson, he is an outside linebacker in the Von Miller style, right? 6'3.5", 253, whereas Tyree Wilson's all bigger, right? 6'6", 271 with that 86-inch wingspan. He is a legitimate defensive end. Here's the third thing you need to know. Deadline day, and the Kraken so far quiet. We'll get to that in a moment. Uh, They have lost three straight games, as you remember, but then bounced back. They uh, were able to beat St. Louis, and then last night, able to go to Detroit and win again on the road, this time in overtime. A couple of goals for Oliver Bjorkstrand, including the overtime winner. uh, Second goal for him, two for Jared McCann. 29 goals this year for Jared McCann. We haven't talked a lot about that, but that's a heck of a season for a young player who has really blossomed since coming here to Seattle. But we are under three hours from the NHL trade deadline and the Kraken are still quiet. Mm.
0: And we'll see. And there's going to be a narrative written about that when it's all said and done. They don't make a move. The narrative is, boys, we're good enough in this in this locker room. We Or do. we're not good enough and we think we're playing for next year. It's hard to imagine that. Huh? Nah, the only team chasing him is Calgary. As uh, my friend at ESPN likes to say, right? I, I, season ends today. Calgary's got a lot of work to do to catch up with them. But, yeah, some narratives will be written Where out. Or they to, just don't like the prices. Got to Any possibilities. All Let right. me just give one last shout-out to Cammie Etheridge. She's the uh, head coach of Wazoo Women's Basketball. The biggest win in school history last night. In the conference tournament, beat Utah, who could be a number one seed overall in the tournament. And those Cougs will be making the NCAA tourney for the third straight year. Something they did one time Pretty cool. in the history of the program before her. All right, there you go. That
1: is everything you need to know, quarter past every hour. We do that here in the new Brock and Salk Show. Now, uh, I mentioned Logan Gilbert's going to join us here in a moment. We taped that yesterday, so the video will be up at YouTube uh, very shortly.
0: So we better don't... get to it
1: quickly. Right.
0: Your father is ready.
1: Well, and that's what I was going to say. We're bringing in my dad to finish things up. Holy smokes. He's already arrived. He's ready to do rank to finish out the week at 945. But I will say we did have a texter who wondered whether the Larry Salk rule applies. The closer's coming into his game at the end here. You know and expect what he's going to do. Do you turn it off? In case he embarrasses himself, <laughs> you don't want to have to see him blow the save at the end of this great week. So I don't know how people are going to handle it. I don't want Larry Salk to be mm. voiced by his own petard, but it is certainly a possibility. I'm very confident wow. your dad will deliver wow. a better rank than you. All right, you know what? That yeah. is enough. And
0: you saying. and you didn't you downplayed that. You knew your mom was going to bring baked goods. I, I specifically told her not
1: to bring baked goods, but you knew she would. She's physically incapable of of, <laughs> of she's not physically capable of coming. No, out
0: that it. general. Uzus. Unbelievable.
1: And now Tucker is our best friend. Because he wants the chocolate. He smells yep. all the us. baked goods. All right. Yeah. Great. All right. Coming up next, Logan Gilbert, who was tremendous. I think you guys are really going to like this interview. Last year, we went really technical with him. This time, we got to see a Weird. little bit more of his goofy side. So I think you guys will like it. A perfect final interview from spring training. It's Brock and Salt, Seattle Sports on 710 and the Seattle Sports app. You're listening to Brock and Salk, powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio, On Seattle Sports, and the Seattle Sports app. All right, Mariners spring training, and this has just been, you know, as good as it gets for us. Brock just being down here and the opportunity to talk to these guys, be around them, spoiled. learn. We are spoiled. Totally I, I, spoiled. Did, I could do this for the full month, honestly. I could spend the entire month down here, and quite frankly, I wish we could. But uh, thank you to Alaska Airlines, Kitsap Credit Union for making this happen. Logan Gilbert, Mariners pitcher, coming by to say hello. Good morning, Logan. How are you morning, doing, it's Good. Thanks for having me on. We, uh, we, you got your bag with you, which is great. Right I see. Uh, <laughs> yeah, of course. We we'll get right into this. We've got. Uh, let's see what's in here. I see a yellow ball, a uh, giant black medicine ball looking thing. Yep. Uh, Oh, small balls. Yep. We've got
3: weighted balls. I
0: really enjoyed this. Hannibal. What is the hand thing? The Hannibal what is that? looking that? <laughs> what, what is
3: that? What's that? This one or the thing? Brock uh, it is sock, yeah. It's like an oven mitt basically for your, for your throwing your, hand, you put a ball in there. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you can play it. catch by yourself. With yeah. That. <laughs> so <laughs> how, <laughs> when nobody wants to throw with me, I just put that thing on. So
1: what, where did you get all this?
3: Uh, this is all basically the place I trained back home, Florida Baseball Armory. Um, we do a little bit of weird stuff, as you can see, but everything has a purpose. Um, it's all helped me a ton. Some of the stuff just keeps me healthy in there, too, so carry it around whenever so, I need it. So
1: what's the goal? What What, what, what is it all working towards? Because I'm sure it all makes sense. I, I laugh about it because it's unique, yeah. but I bet that there's a lot of – I mean, we see all the driveline
3: guys doing their <laughs> yeah. thing. Some of that stuff, I have a few driveline balls in there, the weighted balls, um, but everything has a different purpose. Um, some is shoulder strengthening, forearm activation. This is uh, stability. The water ball here. Um, go through the delivery, do some stability stuff, and learn to load correctly. Um, just a few movements like that. I would think balance is yeah. is awfully important to what For you hear. Sure. Yeah, yeah, especially at the end of the delivery. Um, sticking it rotating over the front side and that's a big part of the water ball right there
0: I mean to be fair like we were watching you in the distance and if you were on a street corner you probably <laughs> someone would probably call and say we, we, we got somebody uh, because it, <laughs> right. it's, it's not the most traditional like you don't see other guys yeah, necessarily yeah. doing it but I'm going to guess Logan this works for you
3: yeah it works for me I think that's a big thing everybody finding what works for them how their body moves what it needs um, we'll go throughout the season I'll run into a few people that bring miss out on the other team. I've, I've seen a couple people. It's not super popular, but there's that connection for sure when I see somebody else that does weird <laughs> stuff like me. A kindred spirit. Yeah, exactly. Who else in the league does it? Who, who uh, have you met this way? I've seen um, probably from different places, but Corey Seager, I know, uses a water ball before the games. Um, some of the runs that he does with it for hip locks and stuff like that. Um, Drew Hutchinson for the Tigers trains at the same place. Tyler Danish for the Yankees now. Um, a few guys Around the league. And I'm going to guess at your height, right, And
0: just your long levers and everything, you feeling connected, mm-hmm. you know, versus some of the shorter guys, a Marco or whatever, that's so compact for you with all of the moving parts to be connected in that way. And, and it's yeah. probably part of the, that, that process to doing that's, so. That's
3: a huge part of it. Yeah, absolutely. The body awareness that comes with it. Um, it's always been tougher for me as a big guy. Um, and that's what the yellow ball there, too, is actually called a connection ball. So that's mm. basically the purpose of it is syncing everything up. You want to move from the ground up. Use your legs, and it's almost like a whip effect up the body, into the arm and the hand if you're truly connected. So that's what I'm trying to work on. How are you not a lefty? You can kind of feel the vibe, right? (laughs) Right. I mean,
1: everything
0: about you screams lefty, except for the fact that you whip the ball with your right arm. I have no idea how. Are you amphibious, too? Do you do some things? (laughs) Stop it. What? A little, that's
3: not the word. A little amphibious. <laughs> <laughs> not completely.
0: But.
1: You brush your teeth with your left
3: hand or something? I do, yeah. yeah. All right. Now it all, now it all starts to Right there. left-handed, okay. uh, ping pong, tennis, a couple things like that. Not okay. that I play tennis a lot, but when I do. How
1: uh, We're talking to Logan Gilbert. One thing we've learned about you so far this spring is that you are a terrible lip reader. I <laughs> am. I mean, really, really. I am, too. It got I got exposed. I,
3: I am with you on that. Uh, you and Cal, I mean, you had no idea what he was saying yeah it really brought it out for everybody to know i've noticed that for years now but how many times do you actually run into something where people are going to find out that you're terrible at lip uh lip reading right. Well it happened yeah it so, so when
1: they were, were were setting that up you knew where it was going yeah, you already were aware i, I was this in for it for sure the,
3: actually the first <laughs> two i got by i'm like wait a minute i'm gonna get out of here nobody's gonna notice mm. of course inside the park home run comes up and the rest is history tell me about cal <laughs> Uh, What do
1: you want to know? Who who, who is the real... I mean, our guy Justin over here, Montana guy, I think really sort of connects with Cal and sort of his his persona. Who is the real
3: Cal Raleigh? The real Cal Raleigh? I'm still trying to figure that out a little bit, but uh, he's a great guy. Um, We're really close. He was in my wedding, uh, groomsman. He's really just solid, quiet demeanor, but uh, really just sure of himself, who he is. You know, he's not like a flash and flare type of guy he's just um he works hard he was injured like half the season and played through that's just the kind of guy he is you know he's gonna go out there and give you everything he's got hard hat meat yeah, and potatoes yeah, sure. that kind of guy yeah his thumb was pretty wrecked man I mean, how would how did he do that no idea no idea torn ligament i think yeah so that's yeah that's serious stuff you guys were roomies last year right we were yeah now you're married. Yeah. How's that going to go? Kicked him out. Got <laughs> <laughs> rid of them. Oh, you kept the house? <laughs> no, no, no. We, we just had a random apartment. Oh, but, okay. Uh, that, that wasn't going to happen anymore. I upgraded for sure. I, uh, my wife's <laughs> much better than Cal. So. <laughs> She's cleaner? Uh, she is, yeah. Well, she does everything better. Um, Cal's actually pretty clean. He's a good roommate. He cooks pretty good, that kind of stuff. But, um, you want d- some marriage advice? Yeah, what's that? Here, I will give you my absolute number one piece of marriage advice. Oh, please. Be a good
1: roommate. Mm. That, Brock will tell you, keep dating your wife. That's yep. his thing. That's my number I, one. I will tell you, just be a good roommate. Yeah. That from all the people I've noticed, when they get into fights with their significant other, a lot of those fights are about taking out the trash or doing the dishes. Right. Or all the little things that mm-hmm. happen at home. If you can be a good roommate, you can be a good husband. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's good.
0: It's pretty easy. That's good. Yeah, And yeah. probably less Walter at home, too. Yeah.
3: Right? <laughs> for sure. It doesn't come out. You don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to get better at that stuff, for sure. Uh, we haven't gotten into Fights yet, so must be doing all right. When
0: was your first marriage fight? Do you remember? Uh, yes,
3: (laughs) I think I do. Actually, (laughs) mine was
0: when we came home from our honeymoon. Like I got married very young as well, right out of college. Seventeen, yeah, and no, no, twenty three. She was twenty two, and we got home, and I think we were in training camp, and she bought a couch, Mm. and I was like, what. And how much for a couch? You just told us this. No, I didn't just yeah, you tell did. you. that. When? Recently. Like oh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Well, that's not recent. <laughs> and, and I couldn't believe it. I was like, how much does this couch cost? Yeah. You know, I just come off scholarship check and go, what? And, oh, yeah. And I got out of the car, walked home. Well, Molly pulled in. Gigi's like crying. My mother-in-law. We were staying with him at the time. She's like, you shouldn't be fighting a right. week in your
1: marriage. She's right. So instead of a couch, you guys
0: got a Frenchie.
3: Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> How's that going? It's great. Yeah, that's what she wanted. We communicated about that one, so There there are no fights to be had, but, um, yeah, it's been great. And the Frenchie's Winnie? Winnie. Winnie. Yeah, yeah, my first dog ever. Really? That's right. Never had a dog growing up even? Never. Okay, so what do we think so far? Uh, It's been great. I I had a cat growing up. Always been a cat guy. Yeah. Like, you could probably guess. Yeah. Kind of weird, (laughs) left-handed, all that. So it just kind of aligns with me. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I love Winnie. She's been great. Um, She snort. She does good. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. She snores while
0: she sleeps. Snores,
3: yeah. Farts. Yep. Nice. Oh, then typical French typical. And you got bulldog. it, man. You
1: got a French bulldog. That's yeah. Right. I can. I can uh, attest to that. it. All right. Bring Wendell down. sometime.
0: when are you going to get to
3: uh, pitch? When, when? uh tomorrow. Finally. Oh, you are. Yeah. You ready to go? I feel like I've been here forever, still haven't yeah. pitched. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to get back out there, see some batters, just get back in the swing of things.
0: How do you manage that? Right? They they've been very clear, and they tell you guys straight up, and certainly every pitcher and player we've talked to, this organization seems to be whatever they. they They say publicly, they do more than that privately and let you guys know what they want to do. How do you manage them wanting to, hey, George, Logan, just we're going to restrict, we're going to kind of easy into this thing. You may have a little inning restriction. How do you walk through that? Yeah, yeah.
3: Um, Honestly, they... They know better than me, um, and I'm not just saying that. They are very smart about what they do, and I'm always the type that I want to throw as much as possible, and they know exactly who I am. So I treat that as my job is to just go as hard as I can, and their job is basically to know when to pull me back and stuff like that, and they're very good at that and help me kind of navigate that line as well. So I think it's a good place for me to be right now, take it slow. I plan on throwing a ton of innings this year, so just trying to stay healthy make every start. When will we see the new Ghost Forkball? Oh, boy. Uh, I, I'm planning to throw it tomorrow a okay. few times. We'll see. Um, just trying it out. Still developing, but I figure it's a good time to see what it is. Uh, I've thrown it to batters one day so far, so still pretty new. Yeah, what makes it?
0: How ghost. do we grip a, a
3: ghost What makes fork it a ball? ghost forkball as opposed to somebody else's forkball? I have no idea. Okay. The guy that came up with it is nasty. So Really? I, I, yeah, the guy in Japan. Yeah. That, or he's with the Mets now who throws it. Senga. It's sit-down um, Senga, yeah. Yeah, I kind of... Inadvertently picked up the same grip as him, basically. I learned it at driveline. They just told me to basically uh, split the seam here okay. like that. I just moved it off the the lace a little bit on my index and... Basically, it. Just throw a fastball and it just drops. That's the idea, right? You yeah. throw it like a fastball and it yeah, just drops this, on this it. spin, just the way it comes out of the fingers, really, um, as long as I'm not behind it and pushing it. Um, but like I said, it's it's a new pitch for me. The splitter is a, a difficult one um, just because of how unpredictable it is. So I think for me, just getting those reps, trying to figure out what it is, it's got to be interesting from your arm angle,
1: too. I mean, when I think of the splitter attack, for whatever reason, I think of guys who come really straight over the top and you're so yeah. out far with that, you know, your long arms. Yeah, that, that must look very interesting.
3: Right, I imagine so, and that's always a key for me on every pitch, is getting the hand out front. Anything behind my body is just not going to have the same action or command. Mm-hmm. So trying to get it out front, I'm somewhat over the top, too, and change-ups have always been tough for me. Just getting the side spin from over the top doesn't match up for me. So this is good. I, I always want to find a pitch that I can just say, throw a fastball. Change the grip and just throw a fastball, and that's what I'm trying to do. Where were you when Kyle hit the home run? Uh, I was deep on the side of the dugout. First base and then climbed over and jumped over the rail. There's a pretty sweet picture of me jumping off from the rail. That, uh, yeah, Cal's moment was cool too, but there was me in <laughs> midair, so I think that was pretty cool. Did you know that's Bear what flying. you did until
1: you saw the video later?
3: Uh, I don't even remember. Yeah, Blackout. I probably blacked out as much as everybody else. Um, I no, know we like, mean when it happened, <laughs> not later that night. <laughs>
1: been right, but when it happened, <laughs>
3: when it happened, ah, yeah, okay. we're, I don't know, just trying to get to home plate as fast as possible. Yeah, <laughs> it was awesome. Oh, this Great. is, we are, we are really
0: spoiled. Yeah. You know, it's just a, it's a treat. And, and, you know, it's interesting. We've been coming down here for 14 years doing this. And I don't remember a team with as many likable guys. I mean, it just seems as if everybody that we talk to, there's a likability factor. There's an authentic, authenticity and just a, a joy to be around. I mean, do, do you
3: feel that in that clubhouse yeah. as well? Yeah, I feel that on the team too. I was going to say that, um, you know, I've met a ton of, I already know lifelong friends, but basically everybody on the team, I'm, really close with and only been up for a couple years um, with the org for five years or so but everybody I meet like there is not a bad guy in the clubhouse and I've heard other organizations it's just not the case it's not normal you know anywhere you go but for some reason here uh, I think we do things the right way and obviously they get the right people too do you have any friendly competition with uh, with some of the other young
1: pitchers I mean you and George are sort of for whatever reason people just keep saying right Gilbert and Kirby Gilbert and Kirby or Kirby and Gilbert and it's it's constantly kind of putting you two guys together
3: does that lead to any and I don't mean animosity at all but friendly oh, no. competition yeah for sure I, I think we have a little bit of that with everybody on the starting staff and I think it's good and drives us to be better it's a good motivator um, I started messing around with the splitter and of course George is throwing a split <laughs> change now so I gotta give him a hard time for that he just has to one up me but um, we keep it light and have a good time now, see that's interesting because we talked to Robbie a couple weeks ago and he seemed to think he started the trend <laughs> he of does. all the new pitches he will say that too yeah, yeah. I'm not not gonna let him have that he started the two seam last year i'm pretty sure he just you know? brought that out one day he's like yeah, yeah. he's just messing around and all, all of a sudden it like had a stellar second <laughs> half just messing around but no i will not give him credit for the splitter thing hey what was it like pitching in the playoffs um it was awesome it was insane uh, i actually like my first start was on the road in houston and a crazy atmosphere and i think it was just unbelievable to have that experience and of course when we go back to seattle then you see all the home fans that were waiting so long i'm like Mm -hmm. they're just going insane for 18 innings and it's like man this is this is different in the playoffs
0: great place to be uh my last question anybody get out of control at the reception
3: um oh i'm not not gonna name names here was there an open bar um there was not but uh there was i think Cal was making a few trips to the truck. I don't know what happened out there. You're going to have to ask him about this okay. one. Okay. I, I can't get into details. Okay. but wow. We'll do it. Did he bring a date to the wedding? Uh, he did. Okay. He did, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Just checking. You know, see,
1: where, see where things you are know. going. Well, I mean, you yeah. left the poor guy. You were roommates, and you That's left right. him. We got a, I feel bad for Cal. We're figuring out more about cows. He's lonely. <laughs> he seems very lonely now. Justin offered to be
3: his new roommate. A- he, I'm happy to step up. <laughs> there you go. If you need somebody. There <laughs> yeah. you go. I'm pretty good cook, too, so keep, I'm happy to step Keep him in line.
1: Congratulations on yeah. getting married this offseason. That's Thank really you. great. Thank happy you for much. you and your wife, and especially for Winnie, who uh, is, is in for a wonderful life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're looking forward to watching you this year, man. Thanks for sitting down. Thank you very much, yeah. guys. Appreciate uh, that's got to be the goofiest interview we've done in forever. But yeah. it's a lot of fun sitting down with Logan Gilbert. Uh, uh, his wingspan has to be at least as large as anybody in this draft, right? Anybody at the Combine this week, don't you think? Pretty darn close. You got a big wingspan. Yes. Real big.
0: Very long fingers.
1: Very long everything. <laughs> Just long arms, legs, long levers, that's for sure. All right, well, the moment that at least he's been waiting for, uh, we are ready to do some ranking. Got a list? Time to put it in order. Fred Dwanforce House. Top five, top five meals that I have ever had. This is ranked. To be honest, that list was really biased. Brought to you by Carter Volkswagen. Every morning at nine forty-five on Rock and Salk. Get top ten list. I'm not buying it. Ranked. Well, here he is, back by popular demand, Larry Salk, my dad, who joined us last week uh, last year at this time to rank desserts. He did a great job. Since then, uh, your life's been busy. You suffered a heart attack, which you uh, recovered from nicely. Thank you. Thank Thank you you for doing that. (laughs) You're welcome. And then uh, we had you on the air a while ago, and you insulted everybody by talking about Malcolm Butler, and that was not nice. So it's surprising, but we are allowing you back. What are you here to rank today?
2: Well, Mike, before I get into ranked, I just want to say a couple of words about my poem, if that's okay. Oh,
1: yeah. Your poem, which was I, I pretty insensitive to the good good Seahawks fans of Seahawks. Well,
2: I, I mean, I think, you know, if if you can dish it out, you have to be able to take it. And I think when you root for pro sports, you got to be able to do it both ways. So let me just address it. It'll take about 30 seconds. Okay. But um, everybody knows that, you know, you were doing uh, Valentine's Day poems where yes. people were sending in poems that were poignant, funny, sentimental, Cute, whatever. I was at home listening to the show as I always do, and I said, "Gee, how could I get the listeners' attention by maybe sending the poem that they would get a kick out of?" So, as everybody knows who was listening that day, I sent in a poem that related to the 2015 Super Bowl. It's
1: nice of you.
2: And the it's ending not, not a of a sore
1: subject, at all, right?
2: At all. I'm not going to say mm-hmm. the poem on the air now, I'm not, but you know, listen, as a Boston fan, and as you know, we've lived through numerous game-ending events that didn't go our way for a variety of reasons. So we're used to that. We're used to the berating. I didn't realize how sensitive the Seattle fans would be. Wow. You know, most of my wow. relation to the Seattle sports is either through you on the show or if your team <laughs> I'm plays our team. You're not going
1: to have any time to rank. All
2: right. Anyway, I just want to say uh, mea culpa to All the right. fans of Seattle. And I was wrong to assume that you guys wouldn't see such fun in my trivial little rhyme there. But it was my bad. I'll take ownership of it. Oh, my bad. My bad. Is that
1: why you're ranking bads?
2: That's why we're ranking bads today. Here we
1: go. Ready to roll. Bads ranked. You have some honorable mentions for us.
2: I do. I have some music honorable mentions, which I will say. First one up is Badfinger, the band. Right. Sure. No matter what. Yep.
0: No matter what.
2: Oh, there you go. That's a yep. bad one. Also, did come and get it, which is a great song. All right. What else you got? Second thing I got is by Bon Jovi, Bad Medicine. Of
0: course. Oh. Yeah. Good song. I lived in a lot of ways to this, Larry. Yeah. So
1: you got bad medicine, but you didn't get bad reputation No. the Yankees. No. Okay. Didn't get did, Didn't get that. That's a mess.
2: Um, did get Bad, Bad Leroy Brown by Jim Croce, though. That's good. All right. All right. Another of my favorite songs by Robert Palmer, Bad Case of Loving You. yes. It's
1: the uh, James Bond of Rock and Roll. That's right.
2: That. Also done by Tina Turner. Okay. Well, I
1: didn't even know that. <laughs> well, listen. All right. Robert Palmer. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and then, very famous, Bad Boy, Bad Boy, What You Gonna Do. From Cops, of course. From Cops. Yes. When They Come For You. Yeah. yeah. I think it was originally recorded by Bob Marley, but somebody else did it as well.
1: Wow,
2: that's true. Yep. Um,
1: I oh, don't know.
0: That sounds like a <laughs> yep. Larry Sulkin. The, the Wilson sisters.
2: It's like the Wilson sisters, actually. <laughs> yeah, right. It's
0: related to all the Beach <laughs>
2: 12 Yeah. Oh. Um, Led times bad times. For sure. You know, for sure. Yep. Oh, right. good
1: times, bad times. Mm-hmm. Yep. good one. Good.
2: Michael Jackson, bad. Right, just, of course. Just yeah. the name bad, right? Well, as
1: a matter of fact, we had fat just last week was uh, a number one. We did fat ranked. Oh wow! Number one, the takeoff of fat.
2: Okay, all right. Meatloaf, two out of three ain't bad. Well, you know, I kind of like meatloaf. Larry,
1: I love meatloaf.
2: All right, and my last bad, Donna Summer, "Bad Girls." Of course, yes. All right.
1: (laughs) Wow. So, all right, those are some good honorable mentions. I mean, you're ready for your top five. I, I was just my movies are Bad
2: Teacher, Bad Santa, and Bad Boys. Okay, okay. so that's it. Bad yep. Santa. Um, so I can move into my top five anytime you're ready. I love this. That's
1: good. <laughs> oh, that's good. He understands the assignment. And uh-huh. that's what Thank I love. you. Did you get sports? What about badminton? You know, I missed that. That's a miss. I
2: did think of one thing last night <laughs> how though. How did was, you not get badminton. How about Badabing? From The Sopranos. Yeah. A lot of
0: bang. A lot of bang, yes. Um, I thought
2: of that last night about 10 o'clock. Yeah. All right. right. I'm ready whenever you're ready. All
1: right. Let's go. Number five.
2: Number five. um, Great movie from 1976, Walter Matthau Tatum O'Neill, Bad News
0: Bears. Oh, Oh, So good. Of course. Yep. Tried to watch that with Titus. Yeah, yeah can't really watch it today. No, no. some language. Some no. uh, yep, yep. That was not going to hold some up. Some discourse. The same way.
2: Yeah,
1: yep. <laughs> All right, bad news bears. Bad news bears. That and, was my, but just number one, not not the sequels. Right. right. right.
2: Um, number four, I actually had a four A, a four and a four A because right. I couldn't figure out which one I like better, but. Creedence, Creedence Clearwater Revival doing "Bad Moon Rising" is a yeah. great song, yeah, true. and Bon Jovi doing "You Give Love a Bad Name," oh. which is one of my favorite songs. Oh.
1: So, but neither of these are honorable mention; they're both number four.
2: Yep, I put them in at number four. Okay,
1: <laughs> they're tied. <laughs> right, they're four. tied. All right, there was <laughs> a little "Bad Moon Rising." All right, on.
2: number three. This is actually kind of a this a kind of a bad double. Name. All right, this is kind of a double bad. It's bad company. Doing the song Bad Company. company. Yes. Right, wow. and also Good Love and Gone Bad. So it's actually a triple bad, okay. all with Bad Company. Great
0: um, band out of Texas. Bad huh? There you go. I was on an airplane somewhere on a small plane leaving some small college town with Bad Company. <laughs> really? Really? Paul oh, Rogers? I, I believe so. Wow. Yeah? Or How, did about, you die? How did you never tell me this? I don't yeah. know.
1: How about Bad English? Wasn't that another band around the same time? Huh. Mm. That one, I don't know. I think there is. I think there's was that bad. your three was that your
0: bronze medal. That was bronze. Yeah, okay. three yeah. was
1: was. Uh... So I hope people can guess what the last two are going to be.
0: The Last two,
2: were pretty, the last two were pretty obvious. Yeah,
1: I think yeah. one's got to be a movie. If I know anything about my dad, yeah. having grown up with him and known him for the entirety of my nearly forty-five years, is that grandpa. One of these, t- <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> yeah, right. One of these two is going to be a movie mm-hmm. yep. shot in Italy with one of the all-time oh, great. Oh sound- yep. yes. Yep. And the other... Well, let, let's let them, let's All let right, them let's see. Them. What's number, number two? Number two,
2: I really... I went back and forth between one and two, but number two came in at George Thorogood. Mm-hmm. Iconic song, Bad to the Bone. Yes, of
1: course. Oh.
2: Saw- great guitar riffs in this,
1: in this song. Oh, it's got the slide guitar. Yep. I saw him a few years ago. He's great. Were you
2: driving in your motorcycle club at the time? Yes, yeah.
1: always. As yes. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Justin can tell you, I'm a big motorcycle guy. He, he, was hold on, he was on the back of my scooter. Actually, Not really? <laughs> he was at
0: Snoqualmie Casino. He was great. Yeah. I could see you playing this through the Sands of Morocco. Oh, I'll yes, I, absolutely. I'll yeah. do that.
1: Yeah. That's a good call, see Brock. That. You're welcome. I'll, <laughs> see, I'll film that for you. <laughs> okay.
2: like Still, no bad man.
1: Very, Very disappointing. Uh, okay. Too obvious. Too obvious. So that's really good. Alright, well let's let this run out a little bit. Okay. That's number two, which okay. makes I would say number one very obvious.
2: Number one, the good, the bad, and the ugly with Clint Eastwood, Lee Van Cleef, and Eli Wallach. Nineteen sixty-six. That was my year of my high school graduation.
0: <laughs> I don't think I've seen Justin smile through a rank as much as I just witnessed. You for know the last It's not bad? This ranked. It's, it's just not fantastic. bad at all. It's pretty good. it's uh, nice, it's great. a good rank. Oh no, it's great. <laughs> I'm going to say elite. <laughs> Dare I say elite? Yeah. I'm elite. I'm elite ranked. Yeah, it's pretty good. I'm going to give you an elite. we got notes. we got songs. Yeah. How about Taylor Swift, Bad Blood?
2: You know, I told you last kind night, miss. I'm not a big Swifty, so I, I, miss, <laughs> I miss that. There's
3: still time, Larry. Is there? Yeah, there's still time. Well, All
1: right.
2: my grandchildren are trying to get me into that. That's
1: right. They like that. Yeah. Bad Religion?
2: I did have a number of bad expressions, though, but I don't know if you want to hear them all.
1: <laughs> like the one from Pulp Fiction? Yeah, let's do that what one. What was written on that guy's wallet? Yep. Yeah. All right.
2: Yeah, let's stay away from that.
1: All right, got to go. Thank you're you, Dad. I'm glad welcome. you're here. Thank you for letting me stay with you all week, and uh, we're just glad that, you know, you're still here. So. You get
2: your bill when you check out tomorrow.
1: Excellent. Great. You just slide it right under the door and pay that on my way out. All right, got to go. It's been an unbelievable week. Uh, I guess a lot of these interviews are going to run uh, tomorrow during the day on the station and of course if you missed any of them seattlesports.com or anywhere you get your podcast, stick around for Bump and Stacey while i going to down here in a couple weeks as well with their version of talking to all these same guys. Try not to cry I don't want this to end
0: <laughs> I don't want this to end I just want to keep doing this Alright, that's it The hay Too bad it's in the barn, unfortunately See you everybody The Jabba!